Where was it? So Northern India, uh, just outside Dharam Shah, okay. which is where the Dalai Lama lives. We went went down to see him one day. Was not, it nice? Not not just me and him, a few others there. Did you, did you get to hang out with him? No, no, not 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 that time. Okay, um, and... not that time. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, welcome back to the Back Self Show. This week on the show we have Hector. He is the co-founder of Unplugged, but super interesting because he's not a tech founder. We hardly ever have these people on the show, so I'm really excited to have him on. Uh, what he's doing is really cool, but I'm going to let him talk about it. And it's something that is definitely something that resonates with me. And I want to hear more about it and the interesting things that they have on this journey, which is different to the kind of things we have on the usual journeys we talk about. So, hey, Hector, thanks for coming on. So tell me about Unplugged. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, I, I guess to talk about kind of where it came from, I, I, I was actually working for a tech startup. was kind of in... Which one? Uh, called Nobly POS. You're, what do they do? It's uh, iPad point of sale systems. So we... You probably heard of some of the competitors, the, the Izettles of the world. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, yeah. Use them every day, right? That's it. That's it. So, so it's not the payments, but it's the you know point of sale system that. The... I don't know what that means. So it's the till. Okay, fine. Right. iPad okay. based till, basically. Okay. So I was an early employee there. Joined out of university. Um, met my now co-founder Ben. He was he was their first hire. I was employee number four or five, and we did the whole you know international expansion. Grew to seventy people. Opened offices in the US and Australia. Nice. It's going really well. It was going well uh, on the surface. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Behind the scenes, it was like like the literally that international expansion was like a growth hack. It was like, fuck, we haven't cracked the UK market, so let's go and open, you know, the US and Australia. And so it was uh, it was a bit of a house of cards. And so it's wait, wait, so help me. I'm I wanted to share yeah, this. Sure. Right. So what was your it. role there? What did you do? So I joined in sales, wasn't great at that, did that for a year. And was that as like you were not gonna STR? So you were just phoning up shops and being like hey guys let's sack off square let's bring on this guy yeah yeah so it was like it was like full stack i guess so i was sdring for myself and then i'd spend the second half of the week so monday tuesday wednesday cold calling to, to book restaurant uh, meetings with restaurants and, and cafes on the phone i imagine rather than email yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Calling, calling them all up hundred dollars a day i ah, love i, I, I fucking love sales because oh, yeah. i I, really <laughs> say, I love hearing these things and i love a cold call so what was your pitch? What are you saying to these guys? Because I think it's so important because yeah. like people forget the one, there are two, I think the most important people in the business are salespeople and product people, right? Yeah. And so yeah. you're learning to, you know, to cut your mustard that way straight away. So what were you, what were you doing? What was the difference between what these guys did and what Square were doing or, you know, Yeah, whatever. for sure. So, so um, you know, it, it, everyone was basically using kind of pen and paper or they're using these very archaic systems. Yeah. So the whole point in an iPad point of sale system is that move onto the cloud. So it saves you time, saves you money. Yeah, nice. Uh, on paper, being a startup, very buggy product. So it ended up with, a, you know, a, a lot of angry customers along the way as well. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, so, yeah, a year doing sales. Wasn't great at that. Then I spent a year running product. But, wait, wait. <laughs> much better than okay, that. Okay, well, let's, <laughs> let's chill out for a bit here. <laughs> so you went from... Running sales, yeah. being a sales guy. No, no, sales yeah, guy. being a sales guy. And yeah. they brought in this dude that has yeah. been out of university for one year. No, no, straight out of university. So straight out of university, but you've been doing sales for a year. Yeah, yeah. And after one year, they've said, hey, do you know what? Let's get this guy to run our products. That's it, yeah, yeah. So one of the founders was running it. That's an eye-raising moment. And I, I quit. I was like, I'm rubbish at sales. <laughs> Not sure about point of sales systems. Let's go and, and do something else. And uh, they were like, you know, hang on a second. Uh, that we, we need someone to to look after the product. So because one of the co-founders was trying to do that on top of lots of other things, so I took over that. No idea what I was doing, as you as you can probably guess. It. I got, this, <laughs> this has blown my Terrible mind. Result. 
So we were at this stage, we were probably at about uh, kind of 10 to 15 people. Um, right. So I, I moved on to, to, yeah, run products, spent a year doing that, went and spent three months out in Uruguay with our development team. So we had a probably a, by that stage, that was later in the year, we probably had about 20, 20 developers out there. And I was the, I was the product guy dealing with them. I had no idea what I was doing. It was such a... <laughs> Absolute shit show, but it was it was great this fun. Is this is mad. I can't. I've never heard anything so mad. So like, so they've okay. You, you have you got any product experience at all? None. None. No. And you just worked in sales, and they were like, because yeah. this is so funny. Because as a sales guy, I've spent my whole career being like, <laughs> be like, yeah, those chumps over in product, they got no idea. I could do it. Yeah, yeah I could yeah. do better than that. That's and it. then they've actually made you do it. They've actually made me do and it. And the company's now failed. Uh, it's, it's, so we were going for the okay. high growth trajectory and it's, it's off that path. And that's a hundred percent your fault because you were sales and then product. It's, it's a hundred percent. And then after that, I ran growth for a year. So it's definitely my fault. <laughs> Over the three years, I, I, I fucked the whole thing. But <laughs> what an investor pitch. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah. I love that. But founders, God, what, what, I mean, look, I admire them for giving you the opportunity. Yeah. You know, that's great. At the same time. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a seriously high risk to save a twenty percent recruitment fee. Definitely. Yeah. No, I, I asked the I asked one of the founders what his biggest regret was as I was as I was leaving Setup Unplugged, and he was like hiring grads <laughs> straight up. <laughs> I don't blame him. Yeah. I am. Am I going to be saying so? I have a policy where I always want to give people their first job in, yeah, yeah. in that role. So, like, um, Rachel, podcast producer, it's her first job as a podcast producer, um, and uh, same for like. Upstairs, our head of marketing is his first head of marketing role. I'd give them that first chance, but I'm not going to give them, I'm not going to give them to grad, <laughs> like, hey, can you, can you yeah. build my product? That's it. Wow. No disrespect to grads, but wow. Ambitious. Okay. So you, you collapsed that company on behalf of the founders. Yeah. Um, well and truly. However, yeah. but holy moly, what an experience. Okay. So you went there and then what made you then decide that the tech game wasn't for you? Yeah, for sure. So it, this was 2019, which was just, I was coming towards the end of that, that year in growth. So, so my last year there, and um, we were opening these offices in Austin and Melbourne. So there's lots of flying around the world. Yeah. How were they funding this, by the way? Yeah, they, they raised quite a lot okay. um, kind of privately. And we were just gearing up to do the, the, the first VC round, so a Series A. Right. And basically coming into the summer, we were planning to do a 10 million Series A, just flying around the world, set up these offices. I was also drinking a lot of the time, doing a lot of drugs. I really, from like 15 to 25, I just had a heavy decade. Sounds like a lot of fun. Just, just got a bit of burnout with life. Yeah, I, was I bet, a, yeah. A bit kind of dissatisfied. I was like, I haven't been good at any of these roles. <laughs> you know, I, I don't wake up in the morning thinking of point of sale systems. Um, and didn't really know what I was doing. The recommendation of a friend, I went to a sign-up retreat in the Himalayas in September 2019. Now that sounds in hollywood yeah okay yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. it sounded retreat sounded a little bit wellness wanky but then you added himalayas, in himalayas and i'm yeah. in now the himalayas are quite big so quite big. Where, was, where was it so northern india uh just outside darren Shala, okay. which is where the dalai lama lives so we went went down to see him one day was not, nice? not not just me and him a few others there, did you did get to hang out with him no no not 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 that time okay um and... not that time <laughs> <laughs> so so i had this 10 days in the Himalayas and had to fly straight back for like a quarter of a meeting. Wait, don't, 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 like, I appreciate you not going to yeah. tell me about the conversations you had no, when no, you were there can, because you're silent. We can go through all of it. But yeah. like, so what, so like, so you, you've had burnout, you've had this yeah. wonderfully hedonistic, you know, 10 years. Okay. Um, but you've decided actually got a bit of burnout. Yeah. 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 And so what were the symptoms of burnout? How do you know you've got it? 
Yeah, for sure. So I think it was just a real kind of dissatisfaction. I don't think burnout is like a, you know, one thing, right? I think burnout is probably quite a broad umbrella that is really just a unhappiness with yeah. life. Um, and, you know, I, I, I got quite stressed that summer. So July, I'm, I'm very low stress usually, but July, I kind of noti noticeably stressed. So I learned transcendental meditation, um, which is, which is uh, it's, it's the Beatles kind of popularized it in the 70s. And it's basically, you just focus on this kind of meaningless mantra. So it's 20 minutes twice a day. 20 minutes twice a day. Yeah, you just, yeah. You're just, for 20 minutes, you're doing what? So you, you just repeat this mantra to yourself in your head. And it kind of lulls you into the state of relaxation. And yeah, but, I mean, don't tell me what the mantra is, because I mean, I don't want yeah, you to, no, I don't, I I don't want to fall asleep. I'm forbidden. <laughs> oh, it's a secret mantra. It's a secret mantra. Is it your everyone, own mantra? Everyone gets given their own mantra. Who yeah. gives it to you? Uh, so there, there are certified teachers. So I went to um, a center in Shepherd's Bush, which was just some random unmarked house, and a bloke called Jonathan, and what? he taught me. And he just gives you this. He gives you, he gives you a mantra. He gives you a mantra, and you just repeat it. For yeah. 20 minutes? Yeah. Is it a long mantra? No, it's just like like om, that kind of thing. It, it's oh, I love A couple this. of syllables. Couple I'm all into this. I'm all into it. And the, the reason it's great is because um, all of the classic meditation, so Headspace, which I was, I was doing, but I'd like do well for a month and I'd do badly for a month. Mm. Um, that's all designed for like a monastic life, so living in a monastery. Uh, and it just doesn't work in, you know, London. So yeah. there's transcendental meditation, something called Vedic, meditation which is the same in principle and different brands there yeah is that different brands exactly yeah. and they are designed for like the layman so designed for us living in the the western world and so it's, it's just much easier to make stick and what did you so you said you did that and what what effect did it have um so just real kind of clarity i, I just realized that most of what i was doing was just bollocks like i, yeah. I booked into like a gmat that month because i was like dissatisfied with the pace my life was going. 749 for those listening. <laughs> 749. I'm at seven, 760 in my first practice. Did, did, so. so what it did, it, it just gave me some real clarity. Um, and, you know, like the work I was doing at the startup, I was just like most, I just, I waste most of my day. Like not just because <laughs> I didn't agree with the startup, but like I was just wasting my time, like getting busy with stuff um, that just wasn't moving the needle. Like 90% of what I did was, was, so was rubbish. People, I think uh, so many people can relate to that. That thing of like, um, pretend busy, just yeah, like yeah, sat at your yeah. desk, just doing stuff. And like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what? Like, it's <laughs> like I think I personally, I think lockdown has been an absolute like nightmare for pretend productivity. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were like, you know, yeah, I'm at home, I'm really chilled out, but I'm sat at my desk all day. What are you doing at your desk all day? Like, <laughs> I, I'm not seeing the product of this. Um, the employee who knows what I'm talking about, please listen to this episode. <laughs> like, I know it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, like, you're not getting anything out of it. And so you just realize so you're getting stressed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then the after learning the meditation, I just realized that, you know, what am I kind of doing with my life? So it was just a real Do you think during that time, or did your brain switch off? What, during the meditation? Yeah. Uh, it switches off. So it, it distracts you basically and it kind of lulls you into the state of, of rest. So and do you, um, is there breathing with it or no, is it, it's, it's, it's just, you're literally just repeating this thing yeah. for, and you do it actively like you walking around or you just sat no, down? No, you just sat there. Yeah. You can do it, you can do it like on a bus on the. Do you fall asleep? Uh, not usually because the, the other thing is it, it really helps you recharge. So I'm just never really that tired anymore, which is nice. Like I, I, mean, I that's, definitely that's a strong one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's very relaxation is I said to you, it's a lot harder than people realize. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes if you sit down and you fall asleep, you might have a restful sleep. You might be rest um 
a restless sleep. You might like, if you just sat down watching a movie, like your mind is active because you're watching yeah. the movie or you're getting messages on your phone or whatever. Like, yeah, there is a, there's something about that. So you, you discovered this, and so, is it make sure I'm saying transcendental? Tra transcendental. Transcendental. Yeah, like you're transcending. Transcendental. Um, yeah. um, one way, if you tell me the phrase, you have to kill me. It seems aggressive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyway, that so that was um, that that was just kind of side point. But basically, that that summer, I was just a bit stressed, a bit dissatisfied. Yeah. Um, and a friend of mine had done this retreat earlier in the year in a similar position, and was just like it was life changing. So I was like, uh, first of all, I was actually like, you know, I can't do it. Buddhist retreat, like what would a yeah. guys at work thing, all all of that, um, and uh, and then suddenly I was just like, what am I? So what's the, so what's the journey like? So you get you hop on a plane, and then you yeah. get picked up on a bus by I imagine a lot of very loose trouser wearing people. Um, that's how I describe it. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they're like, they start like they flip flop you up the hill, and what happens? Yeah, there's I mean, there's no no transport from the airport, so you you fly to Delhi. Um, Delhi, I got whisked around it tour of the city and parted with <laughs> some of my money and then uh, <laughs> i was at the back like these guys gonna abduct me I, <laughs> I just wanted to like sit outside the airport and read my book and i'm, I'm so bad at saying no to things i'm getting better now yeah, yeah. and these these taxi drivers just whisked me <laughs> off and took me to all those like cousins shops to part way with more yeah yeah that was delhi four hours there and then flew up to dharamshala and then um i uh, got a taxi up it's weird because like india is just so full of people you you go to this airport, the bottom of a mountain, like it's beautiful, kind of very green around. You start going up the mountain, like through this forest, and suddenly you open up on just this massive city, and it's like rammed full of people. It's just mental. And um, to keep going up further than that, and then like right on top of the mountain, there's a little uh, little kind of town called called Darumcot, and uh, the temple is like a, a little walk up from from that town. So it's, it's very spectacular. Really is. So you total journey, you're talking like what was that, eighteen hours? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like so you get there and then when you arrive, what happens to this for ten days? Yeah, for sure. So you get there, obviously take your phone off you, which uh, is, is gonna come up later. <laughs> but uh <laughs> and that that was just that was just amazing. And then you have um, you know, kind of welcome talk. So it was this very amusing German monk <laughs> kind of gives us the the intro talk. Not what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. neither, me neither. Um but she was she was very good. And uh and so then that first evening you could talk. So you kind of chat with some of the other people. Lots of Israelis there. It was like a third Indian, a third Israeli. Because they all go, after they do their army service at 18, they all go to India. Um, and then a third, uh, you know, the rest of the world. Um, and so then you had dinner. And then after dinner, you went into silence. So that was on the first evening. And basically the days consisted of half meditation, half Buddhist philosophy. So you kind of wake up, do a 45-minute meditation, then go and have some breakfast. Then you had a couple of hours of, of Buddhist teaching. Um, and then, you know, kind of continues very much in that vein throughout the day. And then the last two days are just intense meditation. So it's kind of five or six hours meditation. Um, so, so that's, yeah, that's that's the kind of... Five hours of yeah, meditation. Not straight, not straight. Um, and actually this is, so Vipassana is uh, a kind of more popular course. And, and that's a lot more extreme than what, this is like a Vipassana light. So Vipassana, you're doing like eight to 10 hours a day meditation just sat cross-legged what and what do you i mean i'm sorry <laughs> what do you do for the rest of the time yeah so like if i can't speak i've got no idea what i'm doing you have to read yeah you can read you can write so you take your book you take a book with you yeah yeah you yeah. have a little read of that yeah yeah so lots of reading lots of writing uh lots of thinking yeah just, yeah just kind of sitting just being it was lovely there's no wi-fi there so you no just, wi-fi so yeah. just or, or anything on. to use it with 
Oh, so what were you writing on paper? Yeah. I still do. I, I do all my writing. Oh, my, my, <laughs> my mind. What did you learn about yourself? Yeah, a lot, a lot in hindsight. Um, I think that the big thing was, was kind of before that, my life up until that point had been so dictated by like what people thought. You right. know, I was, I was, I'm such a people pleaser generally, still am, um, such a yes man. And so, so I'd, I'd really kind of been living life on everyone else's terms. Yeah. Um, and I also had like, with the Buddhist philosophy, you know, the, the first kind of four or five days, it was like, yeah, you know, interesting, but not life-changing. And then they talked about the um, Buddhist idea of attachment, which is like, I need this to be happy. And it was just like, you know, that, that was just such a watershed yeah. moment. Cause I was like, that is just, you know, everything at the moment I'd be like, things sit the G max. I was like, I need to go and do an MBA or I need yeah. to do this. I need to do that. Um, and you know, you just realize that you really do have everything you need to be happy right here. And so mm -hmm. that, that was a big realization. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was, a I, I made some really massive life changes in that kind of three or four month period with the retreat being one of them, but you know, it was completely life changing the, the, the whole kind of four or five months. So, um, four or yeah. five months. So, so the, the retreat was. 10 days. I was going to say, God, that extended. <laughs> yeah. But then like two months before that, I learned to meditate, you know, a week after that, quit, start unplugged. A month after that, I stopped drinking, haven't drunk for, for 20 months. So there was just this kind of very life-changing period of, of which the retreat was a, a really big part. Yeah. Everyone should stop drinking so much. It's just an absolute waste yeah. of time. I don't, I literally, I don't know why anyone needs more than one. Like this, like, I, don't, I don't get it. Um, okay. Um, this is because I've never been drunk, so I don't know what the pleasure is. Yeah. Um, so I am dull. I get it. I get it. I get it. A very, very quiet life. The, um... In the current climate, marketing is hard. But do you know what isn't hard? Making sure you never miss an episode of your favourite podcast. So tap the follow button on your podcast and you'll never miss out on the latest episodes of Unicorny or Marketing Difference. You can even go back and listen to our back catalogue of amazing episodes. If you do that, please leave us a review. It would mean so much. So... You experienced this and then was the idea like other people need to go through this as well? Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't as kind of binary as I came out and I was like, right, everyone needs to go through this. Um, but so, so basically I came out honestly just, just like bursting with joy. It was really surreal. And um, I had to come, I had to fly straight back to the UK because we had like a leadership quarterly planning meeting. Um, so literally flew back the same day. And then in day two of this meeting, we were all sat around the exec team, sat around the table. And uh, my boss, like, the, 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 we're not going to get the Series A, like the last investor. We were hoping oh, pulled out. Man. So that night, we closed the US and Australian office, got rid of half the company. I was obviously running growth at the time, didn't lose my job, but we paused our marketing spend. So I just spent a week twiddling my thumbs when my boss went back and forth with investors. And um, at the end of that week, uh, I remember a friend of mine had mentioned um, before th these kind of cabin companies, before the retreat, these cabin companies in other countries. So that was on my mind. And I went for a drink with Ben, who's um, my now co-founder. We'd, we'd stayed friends. He'd left the startup at that point um, and just told him about this. And, and Ben's not the kind of guy you'd find at a silent retreat anytime soon. And we were talking about how, you know, there's a lot of stigma around meditation and retreats. And a lot of the benefit is just getting people offline and into nature. And so we had this, had heard about these kind of cabin startups, had this idea over here um, and, and just thought, you know, that would be a fantastic kind of vessel to, to do something. So. I literally spent three hours on a Friday night Googling cabins. And I was like, right, this, this is like a run. I'm, I'm quitting on Monday. And the, the basic idea is we put cabins an hour from city life. People go literally padlock their phones in a box. We give them a map and Nokia and leave them to it. So the, the actual padlocking 
is because after we decided to do this, I flew out to the US. There's a very well-established cabin startup called Getaway. Flew out to Belgium, and there's a company there called Slow Cabins, just to kind of see what was going on elsewhere. And I got to these places, and I was super excited to get off my phone for a couple of days. And they provide phone boxes. I put my phone in the box, and half an hour later, I'd like made excuses, and I was back on it. I was like, "Fuck, we're actually going to have to rock people's phones away." So, so that's what we've done, and it's been um, that. That's been a real revelation. So actually. they can't get into them. Yes. So it's um, they, they padlock it themselves, and then they have an envelope with a, a sealed envelope with a key, so it's like enough friction. Um, nice. Yeah. 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 Um, and actually, what we found is it's kind of won or lost before they even get there. So it's all about setting the expectation that that's what they're coming to do. Because then you've like said your goodbyes to you know work and mm. told people where you're going to be. Um, so that was the end of 2019. Obviously, in 2020, the the world Fuck. changed. Yeah. So we um, kind of getting started with it and, and ordered the first cabin literally in January 2020, which is so lucky because three months later, and you know we wouldn't have got off the ground because the, the pandemic had hit. So we decided to work with a Swedish company. Just like we, we didn't know anything about cabins. Trust the Scandinavians. Um, Sweden obviously didn't mind too much about the, the first lockdown. They did not. So they were just cracking on with it uh, during lockdown one. And we got our first cabin in June 2020. Uh, and then the government lifted the regulations in July. So couldn't have been more, more perfect been timing. Yeah. So um, let's talk about this from a business perspective. Sure, sure. Okay. How much, it must be quite spending to yeah. be able to get one of these off the ground, right? So look, first of all, massive fist bump to you like to have the courage to see something and an idea and then just be like you know i'm out you know now <laughs> it's, it's great like i love that yeah. i think you know um and credit to your previous company i think that as a founder your measure of success when you start a business shouldn't be money created whatever it should be entrepreneurs created yeah yeah because for sure that's what a startup is like it's a it's a university of startup like you're there to pass on the experience that other people learn and I think that every founder should aspire to create entrepreneurs. And if someone, and if someone leaves to go and start their own business, like you should give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah. you should be like, yeah, I've yeah. given someone the encouragement and the and the knowledge to be able to do that. Yeah. Um. So look, but credit to you as well for doing it and having the courage because it is hard. It's hard to say no to salary. Yeah, right? for sure. <laughs> and you do not get paid a salary when you start. A <laughs> yeah. So like, it's quite spendy. So you must be yeah. like, so how do you? How do you convince, and because obviously I'm assuming you didn't pay for it all yourself. Yeah, You've got to go and get and raise some money from friends, family, or investors. How do you convince someone this is a good idea? Yeah, and How do you sure. convince someone this is going to be different? And also, just for my bit, I'd love to know, like, what are the costs? Like, yeah, where yeah. do you put these things? Yeah, for sure. So with, with difficulty in terms of uh, convincing people to, to invest. So we, yeah. we went out and planned to raise a kind of friends and family round. And, uh, How much did you raise? Uh, so we're looking to raise 50. Um, we ended up with 30. How many, how many is, is that one? Yeah, exactly. A cabin comes to about 50 once you've factored in a couple of mistakes. Um, so okay. 50 could kind of get us and everything else we did super, super lean. So, you know, there's so many tools out there that you can really, really do everything when else. We say everything else. Like, what do you mean? Marketing, you know, um, operations, just all the other components of the business. We really didn't spend much money on at all. Yeah. Cause you haven't got people, well, I mean, also like, spending, yeah, yeah. Cause you haven't got people yeah. staying in your exactly. accommodation. You're yeah, in trouble, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You're very um, good at LinkedIn, so that's one way to do it. <laughs> also, I reckon that's probably a really good channel for you, Great isn't channel. it? Yeah, because, really like, is. I'm your customer. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this, I'm like, I'm fucking doing this. <laughs> yeah. I went on the website, and as soon as you mentioned the dogs, I'm like, I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm in. Uh, but, like, yeah, because people, people don't have, obviously, people don't advertise accommodation enough yeah, sure. on LinkedIn because everyone is on there is your captive audience. We've got more money, so, most of them. It's more, 
than the other platforms probably because we've all got jobs yeah Yeah. and also like you know we're all having a shit time at work yeah not really but like you might be and so great yeah yeah yeah, what a great place to do it definitely definitely yeah exactly so um that that already helped um but 50k to get the cabin up and running i went out to fundraise you know in hindsight i didn't fundraise you just asked Four or five people, and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I was waiting back. I haven't heard back from that person. Yet. Like, I wonder when they're, wonder when they're going to show me the money. Sh- surely they were show me like, yeah. Surely they get the idea. I told them, I told them everything about the sign of retreat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I even, I even, I even <laughs> mimed the whole conversation I had with this weird German woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so we got, we got twenty three k first, and then we did, got fifteen k startup loan from Virgin. Oh wow, what a winner! Super scrappy, yeah, yeah. And then after we launched, we got another seven k from a couple more investors. So. Ended up with about 45k. My co-founder was still working at the time, so he he kind of made up any difference, uh, and very kindly paid me paid me out of his salary as well. So that really kept Did the he? wolf kept the wolf from the door. Yeah, he, was, yeah. he was doing well, wasn't he? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, that was that was very good of him. And uh, so we you know really scrappily got this first thing up and running. Uh, thought you know we'd launch is every kind of slightly entrepreneurial endeavor I've done the same things happened, which is you think you're going to launch and everyone's going to rip your hand off for it and. <laughs> You just end up launching to cricket. So we did a half price. Friends Let's go and live family. now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wait, wait, where's the, <laughs> where, 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 where's where's yeah. the booking? Yeah. What's going on? That was the first one. Yes. Yeah, so we did half price for friends and family. And all we could get was, I think, three, three, three people come to stay or three, three. And how would you need? <laughs> well, like a month is 10. Um, oh, so you do, so you have like one weekend and one midweek? No, no. So it's literally three days rolling. So like Monday to Thursday, Thursday to Sunday, Sunday to. Okay, and it's always three days, is it? Yeah, always three days. People go for three days without turning their phone on. People go for three days, yeah. And actually, that's a conscious decision because it takes about a day for the mind to settle down. That first day, you're actually a bit more anxious. Um, So what we don't want is people just going for one night and... Three days. God, I I couldn't handle the anxiety. I know it's madness. And it's obviously, I need to do it. Like, I just feel like... That's it. God, the thought of not checking my emails for three days. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's been the, one of the biggest bits of feedback from guests is like, realize that the world doesn't end when you go offline. No, it does. You're it wrong. Does. You're does. wrong. You've if, got you, if you go offline, it might end. 100% the, the world will collapse. For most people, the, the world yeah, yeah, survives. Yeah. I'm like Keith yeah, yeah. Sutherland in Designate Survivor. <laughs> I'm going to go in a room and tell the world over there and say, I know they're going to be coming in like, you're prime minister now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> They've all gone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we won't get you there, but for everyone else, the, the world survives. So, um, so that's, that's been great. And then, um, the, the second month again started to get like we had like the first person we didn't know book it. Like, yeah, oh, that's, that's a great milestone! Congrats. Yeah. yeah, and then um, we had a guy who we'd reached out to about investing. He's an influencer. Just I heard he invested in another startup. He's got like three hundred k followers, and he was like, um, "Not really the right time to invest with the pandemic, but I'll come and do some pictures for you." So he came and just stayed and um, took loads of pictures. Got a lot of just got a lot of traction off the back of that. And then like the Evening Standard got in touch about writing an article. And then we went from getting like one book a week to like one book a day. And we've basically been fully booked since then. So I mean, we're now at kind of five or six cabins, but. Um, so how, so you, right. So how did you fund the additional cabins? Cause like it's 30, 50, sure. grand, 50 grand a cabin. 50 grand a cabin. So you've got five or six cabins. Okay. My quick maths, that's 300 grand. Yeah. 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 That's punchy, right? So yeah. 300 for grand sure. for just for the assets. Yeah. And then you've got, um, you're running the business and there's two of you. Yeah, for sure. Just two of you doing, yeah? So we've, we've now brought on a head of ops. Nice, because I imagine it's hard work. Yeah, exactly, exactly. A lot of ops. And then there's um, kind of three or four freelancers as well. So, well, How do you decide where to put them? 
In terms of which roles to hire for? No, the cabins. Oh, the cabins, right, right. Um, it, it's a lot of spending time out in the out in the countryside. So you just go walking around. You're like, yeah. hey, bro, this looks like a sweet spot. Yeah. So at, the, at first, it was a bit of a kind of fire from the hip, you know, like yeah, uh, spammed a load of farmers, blah blah blah, and speak to anyone we know and just take any and every meeting. Uh, and then you start to get an idea of where the nice parts of the country are. And the the focus this year has been on you know getting a, a band an hour from London. Um, from okay yeah 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 so, so the first cabin was north of london near saffron walden um kind of essex hertfordshire and then we just launched a couple in west sussex where Ken, in west sussex uh polborough yeah no, polborough yeah trying like a two cabin two cabin site which has been interesting and then like kent hertfordshire so we really kind of dotted them around mm. this year and so we raised a 300k pre-seed at the start of this year nice congrats. um which was thank you that that to get six cabins and now literally going out to, to raise a million seed round um which will because the the good thing is we can switch to asset financing to fund the cabins. Um, of course you can, yeah, of course, which really helps. yeah, which really, really helps. helps, yeah. But we, we've only been trading a year. Um, you two years worth of accounts. Well, it's like they, they we can start to get deals now, so they're yeah. like starting to trickle in, but it's just nice. a bit slow. So yeah, and you know we've got really great traction at the moment. So I just want to start, just want to keep fucking pumping these things. Just out, people so. listening to so asset finance is the principle whereby you secure money against your asset for sure similar yeah. as that like like a mortgage or a loan yeah it's a good loan. okay exactly um, so that's really going to help so, so then it's really just kind of growth capital but so i think we can do a lot of damage with this million i think i mean when you say damage you mean success so that's interesting so look okay look so um this has been fascinating this has not gone the way i expected it to but also i'm so into this um you what what mistakes did you make over the course of this journey, because it's gone, it's gone really quickly and yeah. it's ended up well right yeah. now. It's going well right now. I imagine there's been some fuck ups. So yeah. many. So many. I mean, there is <laughs> so every fuck yeah, yeah. But what was something that you're like, rather than just like, there are fuckers that you learn from all the time, yeah. you know, like, you know, you do a shitty marketing campaign or whatever. But what was something that if you spoke to another founder and you said to him, look, I don't want you to make this mistake that I made. Yeah. What would that be? Yeah, it's interesting. So, I mean, a lot of the mistakes are obviously kind of cabin specific, which isn't really relevant for this conversation. It, well, not relevant for many people. No, 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 no. The cabin specific mistakes. Although, share one because I'm fascinated. Yeah. 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 What's so, a cabin specific For example, mistake? we just ended up with a way too complicated um, electrical, electric wiring in the first cabin, and it's solar powered. So, it just meant right. it was, it was, we were running out of solar power in like July. So, then come the winter, it was a disaster. So, right. we had a lot of, um, a lot of uh, work to get that. A lot of DIY. Myself and my co-founder both rubbish at DIY. We're like, on the roof with a metal saw, like tripped to A and E, put a Stanley knife to my <laughs> finger. So just had all sorts. We just had all sorts. Um, but you know, you've got to go through those mistakes because now I like really understand, um, you know, the kind of logic behind the the solar power. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What so a great experience! It's actually the failures that you learn from the most, of course. Uh, so, but but in terms of for other founders. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, it's all the it's all the classic advice like speak to your customers. So early. how do you do that? How do you speak to your customers when you don't have any? Yeah, how yeah, do you yeah. do that? Yeah, well, <laughs> you, I, you just got to find out who that first customer is, right? Like again, I, we kind of came into this building for ourselves, which I think is a massive advantage. Um, so if you build something that you want, right, then at least you've got one person. You know, if it all fails, I'll just go and live in the cabin. So, so that. That's a nice. I nice like backup. that. It's a good. It's a good phrase. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of gets you started. Um. But then, like, you know, I, I think the mistake that people make that I made is is like 
your customers are there, but you just ignore them, right? And it's like, th- there are people expressing interest, but you're kind of looking for that perfect, you know, yeah. you, you kind of over overanalyze. It's like, if someone is interested in the product, just pick up the phone and speak to them. Like I literally started doing customer interviews like three weeks ago. You know, we, we've been launched a year and spoke to like five or six customers in a week. And I was like, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> Why did I do this a year ago? Yeah. And I, I knew from when we launched that, that you, that it was a something you should do, um, but you just didn't do it. So I think that's, and it's the kind of thing where you have to, you have to kind of go through the pain yourself to realize it. I think there's so much, there's a really good quote that's, um, beware of wisdom not earned. I think that's so, so true mm. because there are all these things that I knew as a founder, all these mistakes, all these pitfalls, and I fell into every single one, you know, <laughs> like, but you have to do that, right? Like going into the raise, you know, I, I could have, I could have told you, you know, all of the things we need to do to, to raise successfully, but I still fucked them all up. Um, and it's actually going through that. And oh, oh, that's what that means. Like, that's what, you know, kind of creating FOMO actually means, you know, like going into the race. And I knew I needed to do that, but I had no idea how to. Um, so, yeah, you've really kind of got to go through, you've really got to go through the pain. But, but yeah, what I would say to a, a kind of new founder is like really kind of celebrate the the failures because, you know, that's part of the process. And that's a very important part of the process. So yeah. I almost wouldn't want them to just have this kind of borrowed wisdom um, because you've really got to, got to learn it for yourself. And, you know, learning that lesson, then for the rest of your career, for the next however many decades, um, y- y- you know that, you know? Yeah. So I, I really think, think it's important. I think that's a fantastic piece of advice. I really, I really admire that. Um, so last question. How are you going to stop yourself getting burnt out again? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy now, which is like I, I have a kind of reputation to uphold. So I, I really <laughs> have to practice what I preach. You get burnt out from not having burnout. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> that's that's it, that's it. It, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, because I spend all day preaching about this stuff, I really reflect on it in my own life. So like, you know, on a good day, I'll go completely offline at 6 p.m., you know, off my phone, off my laptop. And then leave it all off until kind of 9 a.m. the next day. And then you've got like 15 hours every day mm. where you just, you just kind of have time to yourself and mm. block out the, the outside world. So, I mean, you know, it's all obvious. All the, we, we all know what we need to be doing more or what we could be doing more of. It's, you know, meditation really works. Reading really works. Walking really works. Um, you know, kind of having one-on-one conversations and being really present with those. It's not rocket science. So I think it's really about setting those boundaries and actually you know, one really good way of doing that is starting a digital detox business because then, then you're thinking about it every day. So, yeah. um, and it, it really compounds. So what I would say is at the start, because, you know, everyone, anyone listening to this, like, yeah, you know, I hear this all the time, but it's so non-obvious. Now, I remember, you know, when I was a kind of burnt out um, tech exec, how non-obvious this all was. Like I, I once heard Jordan Belford say, making money is easy anyone can make money and it's like yeah if you're jordan belford like mm. <laughs> that's really not helpful for me as a yeah, 23 if you're, if you're, year old if, if you're an absolute dickhead yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he is. exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. who hasn't yeah. got a clue and it's like yeah um so, so i think it is really hard uh when you when you hear all these when you hear dickheads like me saying mm. how much i meditate or, or whatever um so what i would say is, is just kind of start small and it's just not up and to the right like when i first started meditating it was because I, I kept hearing again and again how it's such a great thing to do and then, you know, I got started with Headspace and I like did it for a week, but then, you know, got bored and then, you know, didn't do it for a couple of months and I picked it up again and lost it again. You just, you just keep plugging away and you keep trying stuff 
And then, you know, I heard all the celebrities talking about transcendental meditation, like Ray Dalio and, you know, lots of, lots of Hollywood actors and actresses are um, big fans of it. And I was like, let's try this now. So it's just, it's just kind of keeping pluggy away. Um, and I think uh, that, that really helped. So it's kind of, and I guess it's, it's a growth mindset and it's kind of cultivating that I think is super, super important. And if you have that, then everything's an opportunity. You know, every failure, every obstacle is an opportunity. So I think that's really um, what I'm coaching myself on, which is, you know, actually all the failures, all the fuck ups in the business, we will come out of stronger, right? Like we needed to go through all those solar issues to really understand how the solar stuff works. And I, I needed to really mess up fundraising to be in a much stronger position to do it this time around. Um, and, and, you know, the, there's so much stuff I'm going to get wrong <laughs> today, next week, uh, this the rest of this year. So um, it's really celebrating those things. Whereas, you know, at this previous startup, when, you know, I was very insecure, I didn't know, I was a rubbish, you know, salesman, product manager, head of growth. And, um, you know, I, I kind of overcompensated by just being busy. It was like, fuck, I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to get busy. And so I think it's, it, it's kind of developing that self-assurance in yourself. Um, and you know, and then you really, I, I really believe kind of less is more and you really can slow down. Um, cause it really running a company, it's about, you know, the kind of quality decisions and, you know, a, a kind of good decision can remove months of <laughs> work and stress and, um, and, and so on. So it's, it's really kind of helping yourself so you can help others. And I think that's, that's a big focus now. I love that. I think it's really, really amazing. And on the the um the meditation thing it does sound so wanky and i i bang on about it about uh it was a year ago uh, a friend of mine called max kelly who was on the show he said to me um he was doing this thing called wim hof this wim hof breathing exercise and i was like hey. <laughs> it's not for me but he's like yeah but you can um you can compete by how long you hold your breath and i was like <laughs> what <laughs> competitive <laughs> meditation i'm in and anyway, I've got a Garmin and it measures your stress levels. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's on a rating of one to, I'm pretty chill anyway, but mine used to be like 26, yeah. the average. And I started, the only thing I've changed is I do Wim Hof. And um, so I'm already, I'm very into nature and I walk a yeah, lot sure. and I, I exercise a lot. And uh, my average now 20. So I've gone on six points. Really? Wow. I just do it every day. And it's like, it's mad how effective this shit is. You know, people yeah. are like, you think it sounds wanky or whatever, but there is truth in it and it makes a huge difference. And uh, it's really important. So thanks for coming on the show. Um, this has been amazing, like really valuable. And I love what you're doing. And I'm no doubt that it's, it's super successful. Um, I'm going to book one. Uh, so uh, I think that'll be fun. <laughs> now the dogs can go. Yeah. Uh, how big do they go up to? The cabins. Yeah. It's, so it's two people, double, double bed. What have you got kids? Uh, haven't got the kids' cabin yet. We have two on the same site, though. If you want to give the kids a cabin, that's, yeah, that's they, can just, they can stick over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. That's that's it it's a great idea. <laughs> okay, good. thanks so much for coming on. It's been really great. Amazing, man. Really good to, to, to come on. Thanks for having me.